everybody, and welcome to The Review. My name is Bruno, and I am your host. Today, what will we be discussing? First off, I need to thank everyone for all the love and support recently. You know, every few hours or so, I go check on Anchor.fm to see how many people, you know, listened in, and the views that we've had in, in recent days, and I, I've seen that each and every single time that I refresh or that I update, the numbers consistently go up. I think we're at around uh, 175, 200 views, which is absolutely amazing for a podcast that has just started. So I would really like to thank everybody for all the love and support, kind words. If you have any criticism or any you know constructive feedback that you need to give to me, please don't hesitate to contact me. I post my, my podcast on Instagram, Discord, and Snapchat. Uh, it goes directly onto Spotify, um, RSS feed, Anchor.fm, and two other outlets that are less known. I think it goes on Google Podcasts, but we have around five platforms, and I advertise it on three platforms. So, really, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please don't hesitate to contact me. If you have anything to say to me, you know, if you want, to bring, if you want me to bring up a topic, if you want me to talk about something in particular, please contact me. I would love to hear your ideas. I would love to hear your thoughts, your opinions, all of that. Alright, so, where do we stand? What are, or what is, the order of business for today? I remember that last episode, released on Sunday, uh, I think it's 20 years later, I discussed, um, you know, the topics for today, and what we would be really focusing on. Obviously, this is the election series, so the podcasts, uh, subsequently, will be themed in regards to the Canadian federal election. We have three parts for today. First off, a general overview, you know, where the candidates stand, uh, important information. We've got strategic voting, what it is, and proportional representation or electoral reform, which happens to be a uh, older campaign promise of Mr. Trudeau. So first off, I want to give an update, the polls, uh, where we're at for each party. So. Today, actually, let's go back a little bit. In recent days, we've seen a trend in which uh, the Liberals were actually losing ground and the Tories, or the Conservatives, as well as the NDP, were gaining momentum. But today, that seems to be at a standstill. Uh, Nano's overnight polling shows that the Liberals are at 35.9%, the Tories at 32.7%, and the NDP has dropped to 16.8%. So the first thing I want to talk about is strategic voting, and I'm going to tie it into um, the day-to-day affairs of the federal election and you know what's transpired over the last few days. Um, so we're at a point where healthcare has become one of the main campaign issues. Yes, the housing crisis is probably still the number one ballot box issue, but I think healthcare, due to the conservatives, has become you know a near second or maybe third place so what is strategic voting strategic voting uh, in summary is basically a form of voting in which voters tend to you know switch their vote in order to pre- in order to prevent um, a certain political party from attaining power for example uh, liberal voters or i should say the ndp voters actually have also noticed this momentum for the conservatives Obviously, the NDP does not want the Tories to win, and they kind of don't want the Liberals to win either. 
but they rather the liberals win over the conservatives. Therefore, they will switch their vote from the NDP to the Grits or the liberals. Or maybe some liberals, to prevent the NDP from getting into power, will vote for the conservatives. Strategic voting is where, you know, Canadians switch to their second choice or maybe even their third choice to prevent one specific party from getting into power. Because they know that their interests, you know, their own personal interests, their own political interests or whatnot, will not be carried out at all by, you know, a certain party such as the conservatives for the NDP. But the liberals may follow through a little bit. And they'd rather see, you know, their second choice than someone they don't want at all. That's just the game of politics. And I think that that's a trend that we start to see. And it's due to the uh, Tory healthcare plan. So I don't know if you guys have heard um, Deputy Prime Minister uh, Christia Freeland or Liberal candidate Christia Freeland uh, posted a video Sunday uh, on Twitter. It was a leaked video of um, Aaron O'Toole and his leadership campaign. Uh, where he admitted to saying that he wanted to, you know, work for or, or create a two-tiered uh, healthcare system in Canada and privatize healthcare. As you all know, uh, Canada is one of the, you know, modern democratic countries in the world with universal healthcare. Uh, technically speaking, it's free of cost at the time you use it, but it's paid through taxes. It's uh, sort of like a socialized uh, healthcare program, and many, many countries have that: the UK, Spain, Italy. Most European nations have it. Um, actually, it, it's kind of ironic. The richest country in the world, the United States, does not have universal health care, which is somewhat unsettling, but that's not our uh, focus tonight. So our focus is mainly on uh, that Tory health care plan. Liberals lost momentum because of that video. The video was altered. It was taken down by on Twitter. But part of it was true. Part of it was, in fact, true. And that truth is that, you know, two-tier health care or a lot more private health care in Canada is one of uh, the Conservatives' talking points. And that's something that turns off a lot of Canadian voters and a lot of Canadian politicians. And the reason why I say that is because of the fact that, let's say you lose your job. God forbid you lose your job, you have another pandemic like this. If you go to the hospital or you get sick, you need emergency surgery, you need an emergency operation and you don't have a job, here in Canada right now, this moment, you can go. And you're not going to have to pay a million dollars or $500,000 or whatever it costs. But in the U.S., or if we got rid of our universal health care and you don't have private insurance, you're royally, part of my language, screwed. And I mean that. Tell me, how many Canadians do you know that can afford a $900,000 hospital bill? Tell me, how many people you know can pay $500,000, $900,000, a million dollars out of pocket, no problem? I know who can. The 1%. Super rich elitists in Canada. They could definitely pay for that. But most Canadians are not super rich. And most Canadians need parties that hear them as people, as workers, as middle class families. That's the majority of Canadians. So where does that leave us? That leaves us at a place where now the conservative momentum in the polls has hit a standstill. That's what I see right now. The Liberals went up like 3% in 24 hours, from from like 33% to almost 36%. That is crazy. That is absolutely insane. And the Conservatives dropped like 2%, and the NDP dropped 3%. So we see the strategic voting aspect coming, you know, from the NDP voters, and we see the Tories losing their momentum, heading towards 
the liberals now starting to build a lead. And I was reading on CTV News, I was reading uh, Nick Nanos' commentary on his podcast, Trendline, really good also. Um, he was talking about this, and he was saying how, you know, the liberals' constant attacks on the conservatives have finally proven something, and that Canadians have registered it. It's probably changed the vote of a, f- of a few people, and a lot of people in Canada really love this healthcare. Most people do. And that at the basis has you know really changed the dynamic of this election healthcare has become you know a serious ballot box issue so a brand new issue for canadians to look at yeah you know healthcare has always been something that canadians you know consider when voting but at the end of the day no party would be stupid enough to actually go on pardon me for saying that but would be stupid enough to go out and say you know let's get rid of universal health care not in canada we don't do that here and well it it happened and it's we've seen the impact on the conservatives and this is somewhat of a you know staggering uh, freeze in their momentum yeah uh, o'toole is still higher than what he was at when the campaign you know commenced but this has given prime minister trudeau the liberal party the momentum they need and the chance they need to turn their campaign around and as we were discussing their campaign was not really performing um, at the standard that we expect of uh, the liberals especially under Trudeau you know 2015 campaign was one of the best campaigns in Canadian history which led him from third party status to um, government and a majority government of that which is a huge turnaround and that's something that can't be faked anyways let's move on to the next topic which is the Tories' healthcare plan, or their mental healthcare plan, I should say. I am absolutely, you know, in love with this. I think that people need help, um, or need that mental health help, I should say. And the reason why I say that is due to the fact that this pandemic, you know, resulted in isolation, resulted in lots of stress, re- resulted in lots of exhaustion. And social isolation, first off, is really not healthy for humans. It could lead to depression. It could lead to, you know, basically insanity. I myself, I was I wouldn't say I was depressed, but life was just kind of a, a boring stage. There was nothing really interesting going on. Being stuck in your stuck in your room is not exactly a treat. Of course, I love, you know, uh, hanging out at home and I love relaxing and you know, I'm kind of lazy person like that. However, I don't want to do it every single day for like 4 months straight. That's something that's that's annoying to me. But I really do think that this um this mental health plan is good it's a good ideal it's a good policy um, for any political party and I think that we need to make it clear that healthcare should not be a political issue healthcare should be something that's uh, set in stone it's a human right it's it's not a privilege you know 99% of people are, are, are okay they're good they're they're trying to do their own thing yeah you're gonna meet some people who aren't the most respectful or who aren't the nicest but then again I think that you know they maybe have something going on or i think that as a matter of as a matter of fact everyone deserves health care you know if you get really sick you can't take care of yourself or you can't pay for hospital bills or whatnot well here in canada we got you we got your back and that's that's really important um all in all i want to go back to this mental health care plan i i absolutely love it uh, for the conservatives i love it I think that mental health is quite important, especially in this pandemic, and 
now at this point, you know, uh, a study was done. I don't remember exactly from which party, but one in five Canadians are now currently suffering from mental health issues ranging from anxiety, uh, mental exhaustion, depression, uh, you name it. People are, are suffering. And that's this pandemic really, uh, how do I say this, propagated uh, that sort of uh, increase in mental health issues, which is absolutely saddening. And I think that the funding needs to be placed for um, mental health. Um, yeah, so we mentioned this. Healthcare is not a privilege. It is a human right. And that's something, once again, that the Tories are going to have drag them down. Uh, lots of Canadians are very upset. And it's good for Trudeau because at the end of the day, this campaign is between the Liberals and the Conservatives. And that's the frank truth. That is the hard truth. That's what Canadians need to hear. It's the Liberals or the Conservatives. Maybe next election it'll change, but right now, that's what it is. And the Tories, with their healthcare plan, is going to drag them down. Big time. Um, I want to bring up a few other topics. Uh, the NDP and Jagmeet Singh, we haven't really talked much about them. They have introduced a new cell phone, uh, plus internet plan, you know, to lower costs for Canadians. Because, you know, they are right. Uh, I think my mom's health not healthcare. I should say her cell phone plan is like $100 a month or something. She's okay with it, you know, like that's, she can afford it. But what if, what if Canadians can't? What if other Canadians can't? What if you're in that lower working class? Or what if you're just trying to make ends meet? You need a cell phone. Everyone needs a cell phone. So I think that's a decent plan, but it's something that I personally don't believe will gain a lot of traction amongst uh, voters. And I must also say that, um, Trudeau's housing plan. I think that's something that will kind of interest voters, but there's been lots of talk about a housing plan, and each campaign that the Liberals have run since 2015, there's been a housing plan, and we really haven't seen that come into effect. Um, you know, introducing uh, $2.5 billion each year for four years, you know, coming from corporate taxes and 18% um, tax on, you know, on the wealthiest banks, insurance companies it's a good idea i think that you know it'll do some good but we're gonna have to see how uh, the government if it's a liberal government can you know uh, instate that plan and rent to buy projects that's another thing i read about uh, i think it was yesterday that's an amazing idea you know the canadian government funding or, or giving incentives to companies that uh, build houses or homes or whatnot rent to buy project basically you rent until you could afford to buy it i think that's an amazing idea uh, and it keeps a lot more canadians off the streets or struggling once more um now for our final topic of today proportional representation and electoral reform so in canada we have a system known as first past the post meaning you can have maybe six seven candidates on a ballot but the one who wins a plurality of the votes is the one who wins the writing for example Lac Saint Louis, Francis Scarpelagia is the uh, member of parliament for Lac Saint Louis. That's Kirkland, uh, Dollar des Ormeaux, Saint Anne de Bellevue, that sort of area uh, within the island of Montreal. Okay, it's a pretty big riding. I believe around ninety thousand to one hundred thousand people. It's, it's somewhat large. Then again, every riding is uh, almost the same amount. That's that's why we have three hundred thirty ridings. Okay, I'm gonna be quiet now because I'm ranting and I love politics too much. Um, so yeah, the first pass is pro-system in essence. You win a plurality of the vote, you win the right. So let's say Francis Scarpelagia, you know, uh, 
has 41%, the conservative candidate has 25%, and so on and so forth. 18 for, like, let's say, the block, and 12 for, uh, I don't know, what's the other party? The NDP? Um, you know, that that's, that's first past the post. So you win a plurality, you win the right. What proportional representation would offer to Canadians is, well, there's a number of different ways to look at it. And the one that I understand the most and the one that I think makes the most sense is just proportional representation, plain and simple. Meaning you win 35% of the vote, um, the entire party, you get 35% of the seats in the House of Commons. This would really, you know, make every person's vote matter a lot more because, you know, one vote and it contributes to that total percentage. Uh, however, what I do see is more political instability. There would no longer be majority governments. Uh, that's that's the way I see it. I don't think that a political party would be able to gain 50% or 50.1% of the seats within the House of Commons or more. I just don't see it happening. Uh, so it, there would be some sort of political instability where minority governments would be would have to be formed uh, as a coalition. And I see that working liberals and NDP the most. That's the way I see it. I think that's how it's always going to be. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, and yes, it would get rid of you know, consti- constituency-based uh, MPs, which means, you know, you wouldn't have an electoral writing. It would just be contributed to the total amount of the popular vote so all of canadians combined would have to vote for their party of choice and from there uh, we would see you know whoever garners the uh, plurality uh, of votes you know 37 percent let's say it's first place 32 percent is second place blah 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 that, that's how it would be determined so if you win 37 percent of the vote if the party wins 37 percent of the vote uh, you would get 37% of the seats within the House of Commons, which, you know, at that point, we likely would not have any more majority government. So that's what I see as a fault. And the reason why I say that is because majority gover- uh, governments govern with, you know, yes, they have all the power. It's power absolution. It's something we try to avoid in modern day democracies. However, it does provide that political stability, meaning if there's a crisis, if there's an emergency situation, the government stays in control and the government can oversee what's going on. That's something that I really, really like. Yes, the government can pass, you know, really, really good bills. And even if all the opposition opposes it, but a lot of Canadians love it, you got that majority. It doesn't matter what the opposition parties say, it goes through. And that's the truth. Sometimes it could be really good. Sometimes it could be really bad. Now I'm rambling. I'm going on and on. I don't want to make this too long. I know. We're almost about to hit the 19 minute mark. Um... Tomorrow, I don't know what we're going to be talking about. There is so much. I'm going to ask some people uh, on my campus, you know, what they think of the the election, you know, political, uh, their political ideologies, maybe, you know, what their interests are, what, you know, they don't really like within the world of politics and global affairs. Um, and we're going to see really what comes up. Reminder, liberals are in the lead right now, and likely enough, they will probably gain on this lead. Justin Trudeau and the liberals can turn around their campaign the way they're doing slowly but surely i do think that they will be able to win and i stand by my you know initial projection strong minority or low majority so anywhere between 160 to 179 seats that's what i would say 
Thank you all so much for listening, for all your love and support. Please follow me on Twitter, Bruno Kieko 6 capital B, capital C. I think it's 06 or 6, I'm not too, too sure. But uh, please follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. If you want to contact me, you can contact me through there. I once again appreciate all the love and support and kind comments. And we will see you tomorrow. Thank you for tuning into the review. My name